How long how long would you survive as a Viking? My friend asked me this, like right after the um, <laughs> Like how many how, how long As a Viking two two days. Two days. And I'll die out of <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Popcorn for Dinner podcast. And today we have a good old-fashioned recommendations podcast for you. There are lots of shows either airing right now or coming out in the next few weeks. I'm going to tell you what I'm watching and then maybe you can get the show that you're going to love in the next few weeks from that recommendations list. But before all of that, Ibukana are going to give you a spoiler-free discussion on The Northman and really why you should be rushing to watch it. And joining me today... Armed with a hungry night blade and years worth of vengeance, it's a booker. I felt like oh, just growling uh, into yeah. the episode. I'm great, Bunky. I felt like just growling into the just, episode, like no words for the first one minute. There was a point in the movie I was like, oh, wait, is there possible that Scarlett doesn't even speak throughout this movie? He just like grunts how, and growls. How good would that have been? I'll, have, I'll, have, I'll be here for it. Before we go any further, um, just quick admin. Guys, so we're in the middle of covering Moon Knight, Marvel's Moon Knight. We didn't cover episode three, or we'll be back with episode four next week. And we're also having discussions on Atlanta and also discussions on Better Call Saul and Barry when they do come out. So, yeah, if you want to listen to any of those as they come out, please follow us on whatever platform you're listening on. And also, please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We are really trying to run those Spotify numbers up. So please st- yeah. steal your siblings' phone, steal your partner's phone, and just rate us five stars. We're trying to get those guys, guys, we're actually review numbers up. We're actually doing this now. This isn't our little podcast anymore. <laughs> we're actually doing this, so please help. Thanks. Money's I think it was money. like after. I think it was like after what was it fifty episodes, and I was like, okay, shit, like this is a thing. This is actually actually thing that's actually happening. Yeah, we're coming. We're coming yes. close to hundred. So it would be the most expensive. And was time-consuming hobby if, if <laughs> for just doing it for fun. So at this point, yeah, uh, we're kind of invested. Um, speaking of invested, we are also on TikTok now. Ibuka is in charge of our TikTok account. Yeah. And also a good friend of the podcast is helping us with that. I don't want to say her name on the podcast before I receive texts asking why I'm putting her business on the streets. So for now, Ibuka, what's the TikTok handle? Where can they go follow us? Um, five seconds. Let me check my phone. So this is this is our leader, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't. If you if you have a short attention span or you can't handle our voices for one hour, I don't blame you. You can go on TikTok and see see our faces. We we look better than we sound. So what? The, I okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. The TikTok handle is popcorn for dinner pod. So like no space, no underscore, just popcorn for dinner pod. And yeah, like we've not posted a lot there, but more content will be coming and more consistently over the next few weeks, hopefully. So yeah, follow us. Everything you can't get on the episode, things are too short to make a full episode, jokes that Banky won't let us put on Spotify, (laughs) they'll go on the TikTok. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any um, harsh control, any strict control over the TikTok content, so like Things that probably wouldn't make it through my my filter on the podcast will be put there. So I I I'm trying to have possible deniability if it was on the TikTok account. I know what not know what goes on there. 
Uh, Ibuka, how was your weekend? What did you do? How was your Easter weekend? Um, my Easter weekend was great. I started it with started. Yeah, I saw the Northman on Friday, so I would say I started it with that, and then I had a little get together with my friends on Saturday, and that was it. I didn't do much. If you're asking in terms of TV or film, it was the Northman, um, the Severance finale. And season two of Atlanta. Finally, Jesus Christ! And yeah, those um, those, those three things. Okay, let's talk about the Northman guys. Like I said, the rest showed no spoilers in this conversation. It's just a conversation about what we thought and maybe why you should go watch it or maybe not go watch it, depending on what you like. So, the Northman. The Northman is written by Sion. I really hope I pronounced that properly. And Robert Eggers is directed by Robert Eggers. It's starring Alexander Skarsgård. Nicole Kidman, Klaus Bang, Anya Taylor-Joy, and also Bjork, Ethan Hawke, and Willem Dafoe in, honestly, one of the best scenes of all year. <laughs> um, yeah, so, Ibuka, what did you think of this movie? Should people go on with this movie? Should people stay away? Like, did you enjoy starting your Easter weekend with this movie? Okay, so, I love Vikings. Like, I love... Yeah, if there's one thing that's going to disqualify me from Dr. Umar's revolution is how much I love Vikings <laughs> and the whole Viking culture. That's the so, one thing? Okay, if you say so. <laughs> I can't believe I walked right into that. Yeah, yeah, it was just there. <laughs> it was just right there. But yeah, like I love Vikings and I was, as soon as I saw the trailer, the buzz about this film, I was ready to watch it. But I didn't watch the trailer more than, I watched the trailer twice. The first time I watched the trailer, I didn't. I tried not to pay too much attention. And the second time I watched the trailer, I saw Alexander Skarsgård catch a spear, spin 360, <laughs> throw it back. And I was like, okay, shit, I need to watch this film opening night today. So not to not to cut you off, but like, I didn't watch the trailer for this movie. Okay. We'll more on that in a second. But I didn't watch the trailer. So when that moment happened in the movie... I sat up. I was like, oh, okay. Okay, we're here. <laughs> like, because, like, they throw the spear. And I think I remember, I think I kind of leant back. Yeah. You feel like it's coming towards you. And then he catches it, turns. I was like, oh, okay, we've arrived. Fair enough. Because that happens, like, fairly early in the movie. Like, I was like, yes. I think Scarlet is on screen, like, three minutes by the time that he does that. It's very early in the movie yep. that happens. That's one of the first things he does in the film. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I love Viking culture. And I was excited to see from the trailer, it looked like a revenge plots and the epicness of the big screen i was excited to see um the viking story told on the big screen and how eggers might elevate a relatively simple story what he might do the story like twists and turns he might take how he's going to direct it stuff like that but yeah all this to say if you like vikings like me go watch the history channel tv show vikings and fall in love with Ragnar Lothbrok like me. Why are you pitching a different show while we're talking about a different no, no, no. movie? What, what are you doing? I'm just I'm just saying people should watch Vikings. Like I feel like not enough people talk about Vikings. I think isn't Vi Vikings yeah. on Netflix now, isn't it? No 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 that's a different one. That's a follow up to oh the one God. on History yeah. Channel. Okay. So unlike you, I'm not a Vikings aficionado like I'm not like a Robert Eggers fan. I, I didn't watch either of his first two movies because they're obviously horror movies and I The Lighthouse isn't a horror film though. Okay. Um, which is also why I didn't watch the trailer because Robert Eggers. Okay, Robert Eggers sounds like it. Is it I know he's a horror director, so I didn't watch the trailer at first. 
then I just, I don't know how, I just got the vibe. I think maybe it was the poster. I was like, oh, this doesn't feel like a horror movie. So I was like, okay, I'm intrigued now. Just by the fact that it wasn't a horror movie and it has that cast. The cast I just rattled off. So I went in this movie without any idea what happened in the movie. I didn't know, like, no trailer, nothing. Like, the trailer kind of gives you the, the basic plots, the revenge plot. I didn't know anything about that going in. Um, and then you said something, you sent a message to me where you were like, oh, this is a Robert Eggers Viking story, not a Netflix Viking story. Could, yes. Because Eggers, this is a movie that, like, only someone like Eggers could make. And um, there are probably lots of themes in this movie. It's probably a very smart movie and probably a very deep movie. And probably, But I, like, I just don't care. He always does that, though. Robert Eggers. Like, puts smart stuff. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm just saying, like, there are probably... Like I said, there are probably themes in this movie. And if I wanted to sit down and think about it, I could probably do that. But, like, I just don't even want to. I just enjoyed this movie while I was watching. I was just having a great time. Like, it was a lot yes. of great action. A lot of very beautiful shots. Every nighttime scene just looked weirdly beautiful. Like, it was almost black and white. It was just beautiful the way they shot that. I was like, I am locked in. And it was weird at times. This, that scene, like I said, with William Defoe, Ethan Hawke, and the young prince. Just like, this is, this is ridiculous. And I'm here for it. So- Two things here. First things first is that, you like, the film is fun. It's very, like, you have fun all the way through. But one thing that made me laugh was that Robert Edgar said the biggest challenge of making this film was realizing that he had to make a fun film. Mm. Like, they weren't going to give him a 90 million budget to do his indie shit. No. <laughs> they wanted a fun film. And then the second thing is, like, all the night shots, like you said, like, everything they do. And the one word I would, all, like, I came out of this movie thinking was hypnotic Hmm. like you are fixed on the screen for minute one because part of you is thinking what the hell is going on Hmm. and the other part of you is just like enjoying the ride like wow okay this is happening this is happening oh is this how vikings act like oh my god you know when something is so weird but you want to keep looking like you can't look away the reason that word hypnotic actually is very apt because even in the movie you get this feeling where you don't know what is real and what isn't yes like, you don't know what is actually happening or what is in the character's head. Yes. Yeah. I would really recommend, if you are sold with the idea of Vikings Revenge Story starring Alexander Skarsgård, don't watch the trailer. Just go watch the movie. I would recommend that. Yeah. If, if, you, if you're not, if you're not sold by that and you need to go watch the trailer, sure, go ahead and watch the trailer. But everything that those words would, would promise you, it does it. Like, Skarsgård has his, like, I don't think, I think he might be bigger here than Tarzan. I'm not even sure. He feels bigger here for sure. Yeah, and I also maybe because he also is a lot more animalistic here. I'm not more brutal here, but like he's yeah. he does that, and then he a friend of the podcast again. I don't I don't want to blow up on that person's spot, but she would know this if she listens to this episode. She tweeted that um, Alexander Skarsgård in this movie is her Catwoman, <laughs> so is her Zoe Kravitz. And, and I'm sure you just by saying that I think you know who I'm talking about. Listen, listen I think you kind of. I, I get it. I completely get it because Skarsgård in this film is vengeance personified in the way that I think very few people have ever been. When I think about it, the first one that comes to mind is was is Frank Castle in The Punisher. Fair, fair. Yeah, and Benicio del Toro in a completely different way. Or in Sicario. Sicario. Yeah, but Skarsgård is just. You know when I said I wish I could growl through the whole film? <laughs> when I was watching the fi- when I was watching the movie, I felt that I could hear everything Skarsgård did. Like mm. I felt like I could hear his heart beating. I felt like everything I felt like everything he did should have come with 
a drum, a beating drum soundtrack. <laughs> like even when even when he was walking up, I thought it should yeah. go like push, push, push. But yeah, he's just hulking everything. So yeah, I get. I it. put in my letterbox review that I'm so fascinated by Skarsgård's career because I am. First of all, he I love the fact that he's willing to take up any like any role a white man doesn't want to do in Hollywood. Skarsgård just like give it to me. Like <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Big Little Lies. Like I mentioned, um, he was obviously domestic abuser in that. He was a racist in passing. He was just like... And then the same man is like a tech CEO in Succession. He was Tarzan. He was like a vampire in... um, Is it True Blood? I think the, the HBO yeah, show. Yeah, True Blood. Yeah, and I was like, this guy's career is so beautiful. I just love it. And he can just like... He just, just pops up. Like, oh, yeah, I really... I, I felt this weird sense of like pride when I saw that he produced the movie. I was like, oh, wow, that's good on yeah, you, Skarsgård. He's the one who wanted this. Did you know that? Yeah, so I read it. I wanted to do a Viking story and then he met Eggers and then they were talking about a different film and then it turned to Vikings. Um, people should go watch this movie because it's just like, it's fun. It's just lots of action. Like, <laughs> there was something you texted me when I left the theater. You're like, well, what would you say? What was your biggest WTF moment or something like that? Yes, yes, during the film. Obviously, we're not going to say any because those are spoilers, but I think anyone that watches this movie just like message us what you think, what yours was. Like, yes. When did you realize that you were in a different movie? Different type of movie. Yeah, because like it's a very, uh, yeah, I really, I really like this movie. And then, and yeah, man. And uh, what I'm talking about, Natalia Joy, she's a movie star. I keep saying this every time we talk about her, like, she just comes on screen and you're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's why you're like, that's why everybody likes you. Like, yeah. She's speaking the language like she's from there. I'm just like, oh, okay, that, <laughs> that makes sense. Like, you just. Yeah. I got I got validation from this film when I came out and I was like Skarsgård was great but like I felt like Nicole Kidman stole every scene that she was in and the reason why I say I got validation was because I came out and I realized a bunch of people were saying the same thing and I was like okay mm. maybe maybe I have learned something <laughs> hanging around Banky all these years but yeah so Nicole Kidman is in the movie for a bit and like I don't think like I, said, I don't think she stole every scene Okay. Like, I think she was a, kind of like a side character in the first few scenes she was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't want to, like, I was like, oh, why is Nicole Kidman in this movie? Like, I was like, anyone else could have done this part, right? Like, it, it was like, why Why did you go away for Nicole Kidman? Then a scene happens, which I don't want to spoil. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's why you went for Nicole Kidman. Like, I was like, because like, cause at first I was like, oh, do I, like, do I buy her accent? And I was like, I don't even care. Because like, She's acting, acting here in this scene. Like she's exactly. really, really good in this scene. Yes. So, yeah, no, I think from that point to the end of the movie, yeah, she definitely stole every scene. Like, she was the main person in every other scene she was in. Um, yeah, guys, so guys, please go see The Northman. We don't talk about it too much because we might start going to spoilers. But like, can, I, can I say two things, though? Mm-hmm. The first one is, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Did you have any reservations going into this film? Like, what were you worried about? Um... Not going into it, because once I knew it wasn't horror, I just felt like it was in a horror movie. Okay. So I think I was fine. I was fine. So there. that was your only reservation? You didn't want it to be scary? Yeah, I didn't want it to be like horror. I, I don't mind scary. I don't mind like a random jump scare or whatever. I just didn't want it to be like a horror movie. I didn't want to spend two hours just like watching Fair. horror. But know, By like, the way, like, Banky says he doesn't want to watch horror, and Robert Eggers is a horror director. And like, there was one point in this film early on, actually more than one point, but the first one happened, and I was just like, Robert Eggers couldn't help himself. Like, he just had to put something. <laughs> yeah. And then, but, yeah. when the movie started, I was like... Because this, this thing happens when I watch movies with other people. Yeah. Because I most of the time I go to cinema by myself. But when I go with someone, especially someone that is not like... They don't go to the movie that... They don't go to cinemas that often. Right? I feel almost kind of like... 
responsible for their experience. For their, yeah, of course. So I'm like, I don't want this movie to be too weird for the casual movie goer. Yes. Because you, you know there's a scene very early on that's quite weird. And I was like, I'm okay with this scene because I watch weird stuff, but I don't want it to be too weird for the... Which obviously turned out it wasn't too weird for the casual movie goer because the person I watched it with really liked it. Um... So I don't, I don't, no, I didn't have any. Did you have reservations going in? My only reservation was that it wasn't even a reservation. It was kind of an excitement, but it was like I want to see how they elevate this from a basic revenge story yeah. uh, with a basic protagonist and a basic goal. And I loved the way it came together. This leads into the second thing I was going to say is that the movie teases and teases and teases, and then when everything explodes, it explodes beautifully. Like for mm. the last twenty. 30 minutes of this film is just magic. That's it. I think for me, it was because I didn't even watch the trailer. So I didn't even know that there were like sword fights in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like I had literally no, like I thought it was a, like a, I thought it was a character drama, for example, going in. I had no idea what this movie was about. All I knew about this movie was the poster. So you're saying if you went to Northman and it was like a story about a farming Norseman and like his family and how they deal with a drought in a particularly tough year. <laughs> You would have enjoyed it. No, I'm saying if it was a good movie, I would have been. I was like, I was open to that. I'm trying to say, I don't know if I would have. I don't know if that movie would have been a good movie. Okay, I mean, because like the lighthouse isn't it like two people in a lighthouse? Like it's a very lighthouse is two people. It's a very low scale movie. I thought like, yeah, okay, that's Robert. That's Robert Eggers does. I was like, so I didn't expect even the witch. The witch is really low as well. Yeah, low scale. What was the second thing I wanted to say? Because I have one more thing I wanted to say before we... No, that's that's just what I was going to say. Like, the for me, there's... Like I said, hypnotic, and I was going to say... Mm. Like, the film teases and teases and teases and almost leaves you frustrated. But, like, when it explodes, the last 20, 30 minutes... Because, yeah, I, I don't want to say a pacing issue, but, like, midway through the film, you're like, okay, like, let's get to it. But when it explodes, it makes it worth it. Because it said vengeance so much. I was like, oh, wait, is this a... Is this, a, is this just a Batman story? And then, as I, I think I told you this, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, wait, is this just Lion King? <laughs> and that's when I was like, I, did, I don't think it's a spoiler. I was like, oh, wait, this is Hamlet. Because, like, like yes. my only connection to Hamlet is actually Lion King. I, I apologize for all the literary nerds. You haven't seen Hamlet. You haven't read Hamlet. I don't know Shakespeare like that. I, I have a very, like, surface level understanding of Shakespeare. So I had to go to Lion King first. To realize it was Hamlet. Like, so it was like, I didn't go, oh, this is Hamlet. I was like, oh, this is Lion King. Oh, that means it's a Hamlet adaptation. So that's that's how my brain works. But it's funny because, first of all, his name is Hamlet in the thing. Which I didn't even, like... Shit, I didn't even clock that. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't clock that until, like, I think it was close to the end. Or he said, or when he screamed, like, I am Hamlet, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And also, like, apparently this is a story that Hamlet was adapted from. So Shakespeare is a thief at the end of the day. I'm not surprised, white man. <laughs> but the second thing I was going to say is that only people who have listened to our Batman episode will understand what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. It's, you know that thing, the question you ask in Batman about the script and how it's like... I don't, that can't go in the episode. But please go listen to our Batman episode and then you understand the connection that I'm going to make. And it's a question mm-hmm. Banky asks about... But you can't make connection because it's a spoiler. No, no, I'm saying like if they've watched, if they go listen to Batman episode and go watch the Northman, they will see the connection. And the connection lies in a question Banky asks in the Batman episode where he says something about the script deconstructing what it means to be Batman and what you do when you 
dash 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 dash. I'll just leave it at that. I don't think anybody. Fair enough. I don't think anybody would get that. Um, yeah, I think that's enough. I think hope maybe we'll talk about Northman again some at some point maybe. But yeah, guys, if you're on the fence about this movie and you want to see big large scale action in the cinema, please go watch this movie. Go watch Scars Girl be like ripped and like killing people. With there's so many very interesting kills in this movie that are so fun. Like, like you're like there was a there was a kill that happens and someone in front of me in the cinema literally starts laughing and I'm like I feel you bro but everyone's gonna look at you weird. <laughs> There's a point in this movie where someone says, we need to sacrifice to the gods, right? And then you're thinking, literally, not even, because I was thinking this, and then the person I went to cinema with was thinking it as well, because he told me, you're thinking, oh, they're going to sacrifice a pig. Literally, the next shot is like a woman hogtied, and you're like, oh, shit, she meant sacrifice a human being. I was just like, what is going on in this movie? That po- like, not that point, but many points during the film, I was smiling and thinking, I get what what's happening here, and I understand why what's happening is happening but i feel like if you don't if you have no exposure to norse culture or norse mythology mm. then you might because there's a lot of stuff that happens in the background that they don't focus on that mm-hmm. you're like if you if you're a fan of norse mythology you'd clock or norse culture you'd be like oh okay that's what they're doing that's what they're doing but people might not but yeah there's many things like that throughout this film like i remember someone's questioning what scars guard was and it took me like five seconds into their whole preparation before the raid for me to be like, oh shit, so he was a king and now he's a berserker. Like, it's, it's Yeah, okay. I don't crazy. know what any of that means, but... <laughs> you should. It, which is again what I would say, like... You should know what berserker is. There are like a lot of spoilers, not spoilers, a lot of themes in this movie and like, I'm sure people will have like very intellectual conversations about it and it deserves that culture, but I guess, and Sion, obviously, Sion is like a, an Icelandic poet. They obviously put a lot of thoughts into the script. I also just really love the movie from like a primal point of view. Like, I again, there was a ha- I don't I don't want to talk about this, but there was a hashtag discourse going on on Twitter about like Robert Eggers and the Northman. I was like, you guys need to really just get a life and just like go watch white men kill white men. That like what's wrong? <laughs> yeah, sometimes that that can be fun. Like, just go watch that, man. Oh my god, guys, if you're on the fence, go watch the Northman and then come back after the break, and I'm going to tell you guys about some shows that you should be watching. I watch. I actually stay. Are you actually, okay, fair enough. And we're back. So guys, welcome to, I guess, my first solo pod, essentially. Partly anyways. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you guys some shows that you really, that I'm watching, I think you guys should be watching because I realize it's been a while since we did the recommendations podcast. So I've broken this list into two parts, returning shows and new releases. And obviously it's going to be spoiler free, just tell you about the show. And Okay, so the number one, Sure, I'm going to start with new releases. The first one we talk about is Severance. It's created by Dan Erickson and executive produced and mostly directed by Ben Stiller. I think he directed six or nine episodes. In my opinion, he has one of the best debut seasons of a TV show in a, a while, like a few years, definitely. It's starring Adam Scott, Britt Lower. Why does that nigga have two first names, though? You know it annoys me every time. You know you're not on this podcast, right? <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> That's like explain to them why he has two first names <laughs> i don't know man. what do you want me to say he's white he's white what do you want me to say it's starring adam scott brit lower john Turturro, patricia aket and christopher walken the premise is that this company has figured out a way to sever your brain so that when you're in the office you don't remember anything about your home life and once you leave the office you don't remember anything about the, about work so really the the work-life balance um and 
surprise, surprise, things are not as they seem with this company. Uh, everyone should really watch this show. Ibuka and I have been talking about it on Haja's podcast, Downtime with Haja. Sometime soon, I'm sure that will be out by the time this episode is out. And we're going to talk about the entire first season. So, yeah, really, it's on Apple TV+. Plus. Go watch this show. It's really very, very well directed. The writing is so good. The acting is so good. It's like, it's just a really good show. So, yeah. The second show on the new releases is Minx. Minx is a half-hour comedy set in 1970s LA, where Joyce, played by Ophelia Lovibond, is trying to fulfill her long, lifelong dream of putting out a feminist magazine. But the only publisher that would take her seriously is a publisher of pornographic magazines played by the incredible Jake Johnson. Um, he realizes that like his market is entirely for horny men, so he wants to expand into horny women so he can make more money. So he decides to publish her feminist magazine in a magazine that has nude men. So, yeah. Um, the entire first season is out now. I really, really like the show. Um, it's... Um, it's a comedy, obviously, but it's also a serialized comedy where the entire story plays out over the 10 episodes of the first season. They are not similar in any way, and really, the only similarity they have is that they're both HBO Max shows, but I really kept on getting the vibe of um, Hacks, which is another comedy from last year that I really, really liked. So, yeah, go watch Minx. Jake Johnson is incredible in it. Um, number three is Winning Time, and I think this is the most fun I'm having watching TV right now, is Adam McKay's HBO basketball show about the 1980s Lakers which included Magic Johnson and Karim Abdul-Jabbar. It's a lot of fun. Like, this show is so much fun. And it's, it's also so much. Like, there's so much editing and so much filmmaking and so much acting and everything. It's just, but it's also just really good. It's really fun. Um, if you're a basketball fan, especially if you're a Lakers fan, I think you really like this show. That's based on the small sample size of Lakers fans that I've asked to watch it. Um, but there's also so much for people like me. I have conversational knowledge about basketball, but not like, I don't have an encyclopedic um, understanding of 1980s basketballs. I couldn't, but I still enjoyed a lot. Uh, so many things that I didn't expect. It has the whole Adam McKay look to camera thing that you'd expect from um, The Big Short and Vice and things like that. It's actually really good. John C. Riley as Jerry Boss is very good. And Quincy Isaiah as Magic Johnson is giving a star-making performance, to be honest. Um, and then there's a murderous row of great acting talent from Jason Siegel and Jason Clark to Oscar winners Adrian Brody and Sally Field. So, yeah, um, at the point you're listening to this, I think seven episodes will be out. So it's available on HBO and on Sky Stroke Now TV in the UK. Speaking of fun, my next show is Slow Horses. It's a spy thriller starring Gary Oldman. It's on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, it's different from like what you would expect from a British spy show because normally it has the flashiness and allure of like the James Bond stories and the night manager and things like that, what you expect from British spy shows. But this show is really about a team of rejects. So it, it has that feeling. It's the slow horses department, the department where MI5 sends their biggest disappointment. And then somehow these guys get getting embroiled in this kind of terrorist plot. So. Yeah, the, the department is led by Gary Oldman. It, it's a six episode season and, and at the point of this episode's release, I think four out of six will be out. So that's a good point to, to start your binge and catch up on Apple TV Plus, like I said. Um, outer Range. Again, another... There's so, much, there's so much TV coming out. I'm going to give out like 15 shows in this episode and that's only scratching the surface. Um, outer Range is an Amazon show which in its simplest terms is a sci-fi western or a western sci-fi, whichever way you want to arrange those words. Um, Josh Brolin plays a, a rancher who finds a mysterious black hole on his ranch, which coincides with the arrival of a mysterious stranger played by Imogen Poots, 
Things then get messy when he uses this black hole to dispose of a dead body. One of his kids is played by Tom Pelfrey, who people might know from the incredible show Iron Fist, or his run on Ozark playing Wendy's brother. I have seen one of the two episodes Amazon released last week, and I really enjoyed it. I'm excited to see where the show might go. Um, number six is a cluster of shows. So the dropout, we crashed, super, super pumped. Um, I use these are currently three shows that are airing or just finished airing about the rise and fall of Tech CEOs. There's so much TV coming out right now that we have like three shows based on just Tech CEOs' demise. Um, the dropout is starring Amanda Seyfried and is a sh- story about Elizabeth Holmes and the Theranos scandal, which is a story I knew nothing about. I don't even know how that, that's possible. That I didn't know about the story. Um, we crashed the starring Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway about the WeWork scandal. And then Super Pumped, the battle for Uber is starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, uh, he plays Travis Kalinick, the founder of Uber. Um, so far, I've only seen The Dropout. And if you're someone that's interested in this type of stories, essentially, if you would 100% listen to a podcast about how a CEO defrauded a company or how a company defrauded investors and lied and blah, 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 I would recommend the show. I think it's quite wild how much she was able to get away with. Like, she had interviews with, with like, Bill Clinton. Like, Obama named her as the ambassador to something. Like, she was getting all the awards from, like, Forbes and everything. Meanwhile, the main device that she was getting money for did not work. Like, she was, at the point, the youngest self-made female billionaire. Her company was worth, I think, maybe $4 billion or whatever. But the device didn't work. She was... So it's a very wild story. It's so wild that it's kind of... The dropout has kind of triggered me to go and listen to the podcast that the show is about i'm i'm trying to consume all the elizabeth holmes content i can because just a very i can't believe that and it's as recently as 20 i think she was sentenced in, or rather she was charged in 2017 so it's quite recent i don't know how i just never heard about this story um amada seyfried is great great in the role so and it's yeah it's just a really good show i plan on visiting super pumped as well at some point and um, along with starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt, it's created and written by Brian Koppelman and David Levine, who are the guys behind Billion. So if you kind of like the writing on Billions or like the way the, the characters speak and things like that, then I'm sure you would like um, the Uber show as well. Super pumped. Um, okay, so just a few more shows I'm going to talk about that are yet to air. We Own This City. I don't know anything about this show. I haven't seen trailer at all. All I can tell you is that it's a six-episode HBO show created by David Simon, one of the creators of The Wire, and is starring a boy of this podcast, one of our patron saints of this podcast, Johnny Bernthal, and Wumi Mosaku, who you might know, uh, um, she was on that Netflix horror movie, I think it was called The House, but she was also obviously the, the hunter on Loki, she was on an episode of Black Mirror. Also. Lovecraft Country. Love, exactly, Lovecraft Country. Also, so like, yeah, Wumi Mosaku, she's kind of... Her stock is going up, so I'm happy for her. Um, this show premieres on April 25th. I don't know anything about it, like I said, but I know it's set in um, Baltimore Police Department. And it has Johnny Bernthal, so obviously I'm signing up. Um, the last of these shows is Under the Banner of Heaven. Andrew Garfield knows he's a movie star now because he's got his own movie star in a Murder Mystery Limited series. So I'm happy for him. Um, from the trailer, it kind of looks like he's going to give some True Detective Season 1 vibes. And, and it looks like it could get quite dark and strained. I think there's a murder in a, maybe a Mormon community. I can't remember. I watched the trailer a while ago. I think I'm going to cover this show at some point because I've had a, f- a friend who requested to be on an episode about this show. So that's, even though we haven't seen anything about this show. So um, yeah, feel free to watch along with us and then hopefully we can talk about it at some point during the season. It premieres on April 28th. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a quick break now. And when I come back, I'm going to talk about some shows that are returning in case maybe you had forgotten. I'll be right back. Okay, for this second half, I'm just going to tell you guys about some shows that are returning in case maybe you didn't know for some reason. So, first of all, Better Call Saul is arriving. By the time you listen to this, the first two episodes will be out of the new season. This is the final season and it's split into two. Um, if you aren't watching Better Call Saul, I really think you should. Especially if you're someone who liked Breaking Bad, it's a really good show. Can I ask a couple of doubting questions about Better Call Saul? Okay, okay, what? I might cut it out, but go ahead. Some people think Breaking Bad is slow. I'm not one of those people. I love Breaking Bad. I think Breaking Bad is a 10 out of 10 show. I rank Breaking Bad higher than Game of Thrones. My question is like, how? You say, why did you say that? Like, why did you say that? Like, you were like special? No, no, no. Because I feel like people. I don't know. I got into an argument about Game of Thrones recently, so that's why it's hot in my head. But that person okay, doesn't have know. a podcast to spread their opinion. I do. So, <laughs> anyway, my question is: Is Better Call Saul slow? And like, why should people who think Breaking Bad is slow watch Better Call Saul? Um, one. If you think Breaking Bad is slow, just grow up and watch it. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> speaking of Game of Thrones, I remember the people used to say people like Game of Thrones were slow. And I was like, in the first episode, they literally threw a kid out a window. What do you guys want? Like, do you want, you just want Ghost and Tommy to be killing drug dealers in every episode? What do you no. guys want from TV? What? Why is like, power always your punching bag? I was gonna go for I was gonna go for the Walking Dead. You just went straight, straight for power. I didn't even remember that I didn't even plan that. It just came just like it just came out. Now, when people because say Breaking honestly, Bad is slow, my question to them is like, I feel like some people want the first episode to just tell them everything, like expos like exposition for six. Breaking Bad has one of the everything. best pilots ever made. Like, if you want that pilot and think it's slow, that I do not, I cannot help you. People, I think people mistake slow for deliberate. Okay. Like, because, like, they have a plan and they're not going to reveal everything in one episode. Like, so, all I would say, if you think Breaking Bad is slow, you probably think Better Call Saul is slow as well. Okay, fair. That's all I can tell you. Fair. But, like, they're equally as good. First of all, Ibuka, if you, if you honestly think Breaking Bad is a 10 out of 10 show. Yeah. Right. I can tell you honestly, there's no reason why you shouldn't be watching Better Call Saul. There is no reason. Okay. I, I don't, I cannot explain to you why. Because... They're not the same show, obviously, because it's not a continu- it's a different show. So it's not as if they're following Breaking Bad plotline. But it's the same people, trust me. Like, What is it, the toxic it, masculinity ranking or rating on Better Call Saul? Um, that's a good question. That's a good question. There isn't there isn't any really or the, mm, Jimmy has a few, but it's not as bad as Walt. It's it's no one's as bad as Walt. Yeah, you see. Um the main difference between Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad is that Better Call Saul spends a lot of its earlier seasons, like, kind of, it deals a bit more with legalese, with, like, law stuff. Okay. Obviously, Breaking Bad is straight into the drugs, like, from season one. Better Call Saul is not, f- obviously, Mike is kind of, because Mike is in the show from the first episode, and Mike kind of, his storylines kind of deal with the drugs as well. But Saul isn't as invested in drugs until, like, Gus appears in, I think, season three. I think Gus appears in season three. I don't remember. Um, I think if you love Breaking Bad, you should definitely watch Better Call Saul. And I said it on the podcast, like, to a lot of people, Better Call Saul has surpassed Breaking Bad as a quality show. Like, that's crazy. And obviously, you can't make that final decision until this show ends. But lots of people, like, at this point, they, like, if the show ended last season, they'd be like, oh, yeah, it's a better show than Breaking Bad. 
So okay. it's not like I yeah, I'm excited for this final season. Um if you like Ebuka, you like Breaking Bad, go watch Protocol. So I don't know what to tell you like um second on my list of returning shows is Atlanta. Um go watch Atlanta. I it, yeah, like at this point you know what Atlanta is. Go watch Atlanta. Atlanta is Donald Glover show. It's funny. It's weird. It's smart. It's surreal. It's like yeah, it's just a lot of can, things. Can I can I ask another question? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know it was said, a Q and A segment, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you said at this point you know what Atlanta is. Mm-hmm. I, I'm back. I'm currently watching season two of Atlanta, and I've been meaning to ask you, like, mm-hmm. what is Atlanta supposed to be, like as a show? Like, because I don't think it's I don't think it's purely comedy. Yeah, mm-hmm. but at the same time, even when it's comedy, it's absurd if that makes sense like it's not comedy that's mm-hmm. real like stuff like that isn't going mm-hmm. to happen but it happens in atlanta anyway so like i'm wondering well, where to place it like i wouldn't place it with like the office, the office. or parks and rec yeah yes but i also wouldn't place it with um what's a regular show that has comedic you know undertones i, I can't think of anything right now i don't know if that makes sense like it, atlanta seems like it's not real but it, but it has... also kind of so. So I think it was when I spoke with TMT about Atlanta, and I said like there isn't really a way to describe Atlanta to someone who doesn't know, who has never watched the show, right? I can tell you it's a story about a cousin and about two cousins who are trying to make it in the music industry, right? But that's really not what that show is about. Like that show, Atlanta, really... Atlanta is like sketch comedy. It is but like, that isn't. <laughs> but it so it has a thing where there is a thin, a very thin overarching like story where like this is what's happening. But like really every episode is different. Every episode is is focused on this 20, 30 minutes. And how far an episode in season two have you got? I, I just finished the strip club episode. Oh when he and when he loses when he's the trying race. to break a hundred dollar bill. Loses, yeah exactly and, okay for ex- you know what even made exactly that episode is perfect it's perfect for asking a question I want to ask. Like, he goes to this cinema and they're racist to him that they can't accept the $100 bill. And mm-hmm. then a white man comes in with a $100 bill and, like, they accept it. But he's w- trying to walk up and ask the white man a question. And the white man just, like, shows him a gun. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it feels like those two things didn't happen in the same show. Like, what do you... But no, but I, I see... Okay, so I'll, go, I'll get to that in a second. But, like, so when I was talking to Steve, I was like, Atlanta is a very, like, surrealist show in that, like, it's weird and surreal and also kind of a bit uncomfortable but i think yeah. also like being a black person in atlanta and also as we find out in season three just the world is at most times kind of like surreal weird and a bit uncomfortable yeah. that experience has probably happened to a black man where they're trying to talk to a white man and a white man who has like an open carry license just shows them he's gone because he's like don't come close to me because i can shoot you kind of situation like that's that happened that will happen to somebody like Atlanta can throw something as grounded as that. Or, um, okay, you, you haven't got to the Woods episode yet, but as, as grounded as some of the storylines it does with, with Alfred. And I also have an invincible, invisible car, which in, I think that, I think that's season one in the club episode. So I think, I don't know, you're right. I, I, there is no real way to describe what Atlanta is, but I think it's like you just have to like buckle up. You'll have fun. Like you, you watch, you watch Atlanta and love But it. I think it's like, it's just, so, Donald Glover described this new season, season three, as a fairy tale. You kind of have leeway in terms of your creativity to tell these stories, but at the center of it, it's just really what it means to be a black person 
or really just like the experience of being a black person. Not what it means, because what it means sounds a bit like I'm teaching you a story. I'm teaching you a lesson. It's kind of like just the experience of being a black person in in Atlanta at one point, and then now in Europe and just the wider world. And it's just like things are always just so weird. If you're if you're if you're a quote unquote woke, and I don't even mean woke in terms of like the way the word is used now, but woke as an awake black person, yeah. the world is very weird to you. Yes. Because, like, yes. when you see some things that white people do, like, this is just weird. Why are you doing this? <laughs> it's just like, that just doesn't make sense. Because, like, it's that sort of thing where, you know, when you're in a, in a maybe a room or a situation with, like, mostly white people and something happens and then you kind of clock your eyes with, like, the only black person you, in there. Yeah, you want to look around, but there's no other black people. Yeah, but, or even when there's another black, and the two, you, two black people are like, oh, two of you, you guys clock eyes and, like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like, are we the only ones seeing this? Like, so, Obviously, you know my you know my feelings towards pets. Yeah. But I was on the tube the other day, and this woman comes in with her dog, and she kind of it's not it's the, the tube isn't that packed, but also it's like every seat is taken. Yeah. So I'm standing, and then she comes with her dog, and then like, so there is a section of five fives so or five face me, I face you, and then all the people who were all white just lost their shit. And they all just start going, like, start to start playing with the dog and touching them. Like, everybody's so happy. And then the only black people are just in the, like, there's one black girl in the middle of all the white girls. She doesn't talk to the dog because she's just confused. And I'm just there, like, what is going on? Why are you, why have you guys lost control? Like, something, you're just like, what's happening? Bankole, I, I feel so seen. Like, I've had this complaint <laughs> with, like, with, I've had this complaint with so many, like, black people, yeah. And I've come to the conclusion. yeah. I think, I don't care what anyone wants to say. I think it's bloody weird the way a certain demographic gets about dogs. I don't care. It's just, it's creepy, man. Like, I don't get other it. people's dogs. I'm just like, you yeah. guys don't know where this dog has been. Like, even they're just playing with it. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, it's weird, man. Like, I just, I'm like, why doesn't anyone actually speak about this? Like, okay, yeah, we get this. A dog is cool. Look at it from afar and think that's a cute dog or whatever. Like, why do you need to be all up in this business? Like, yeah, but asking that's questions the about it. Exactly. But as to us, that looks surreal. And if that was in Atlanta, yeah, obviously Atlanta turned some things to an 11. But like, that's kind of like the surreal thing. It's like, oh, this might be a spoiler, but there's an episode, I think it's season two, when Darius is going like to the gun range. And he, obviously, you know, in the gun range, it's a man at the other end of the target. Yeah. And then yeah. Darius brings his own, because you can bring your own post, obviously, for like the target. And his his target is a dog. All right, all right, people are like, no, you can't do that. He's like, so you would rather me shoot a man, a black man, than shoot a dog in the gun range? What no, are you guys this, talking I, about? I need I need to get to this episode because I love Darius. By the way, I think it's yeah, love Darius is incredible. So is that so? Yeah. So right. I think like, I think the show is surreal because just being a black person who like. His eyes are open. It's a kind of a I, surreal I, experience. Don't get me wrong. The show, like, like I said, it turns into 11. Sometimes it goes to like a 15. <laughs> <laughs> and just like goes quiet. But I think that's not just them being creative. They, they have a story they want to tell and they can't like, they, Atlanta is in season two where like, we don't have a box. Like we don't have a sandbox to play and we're going to do whatever we want to do. Especially in season two. Yeah. There's some episodes that just really, really go out there. So I think, yeah, I, I think that's what Atlanta is. It's just like a documentation of the black experience. Sometimes the show takes you out, of, takes you out of it. It's so funny because I was watching, because the way I'm watching, I'm not binging. I'm watching like, you know, little by little. And then I was on the episode where Paperboy gets robbed in his car. And like, I'm like, okay, what's his name? Paperboy is getting robbed. 
oh shit, this is serious. And then mm-hmm. the robber says, can I have your keys? Because I can't have you chasing after me. <laughs> and, then I, and then I'm just like, okay, yeah. And then I start laughing. And then Pippin Boy is like, I heard you the first time, nigga. <laughs> oh, I love season two. Nah, you haven't just... even met um, Clark County. No, I haven't. Yeah, I love season two. Anyway, but yeah, so... But yeah, Atlanta is very funny. When he wants to be, it is the funniest show on TV. Yeah. Like... I don't, I think, I don't doubt it can be. I don't yeah. doubt that at all. There's sometimes when he just tells a joke, it's just like, that's just a very, very funny joke. Okay, let me just quickly go through this list. Um, yeah, so Barry is the Bill Hader show. I, don't, I, think, I think season two of Barry might have come out in like 2018 or something stupid like that. Or maybe 2019, I can't remember. But Barry is, if you haven't heard of Barry, which is fair because it's been off for a while, it's uh, a hitman. I think he's running from the police in the pilot episode. And he stumbles on an acting class in Los Angeles and then he decides that he wants to be an actor. So, yeah, Barry is um, a HBO comedy. It's created by Bill Hader and Alec Berg, who obviously co-created Silicon Valley. And yeah, it'll be back on the 25th of April. It's a, it's a really fun comedy and I'm excited for season three. It's been a while since we got it. Also, um, Russian Doll. Russian Doll is a comedy from Nat- Natasha Leone and Amy Poehler that kind of deals with some heady topics, existentialism, generational trauma, mental health, by way of like a Groundhog Day situation in which one character and later, spoiler, two characters kind of Said the day over again every time they die. And yeah, those are just some topics I can't remember because honestly, I haven't watched the show since it aired in 2019. It's a four hour season. I think it's eight episodes, 30 minutes per episode. So, like, it's just a really good show and just smart. And yeah, I managed to cover all these topics in just like a very heartfelt and beautiful and just incredible show. I'm excited for the second season. You might know Natasha Leone from Orange is the New Black. And it's a 30-minute Netflix show, so all seasons would, all episodes would drop on um, the 20th of April. And it's a show that I really recommend people go watch. First season was great. First season was honestly impeccable. And I hope the second season lives up to that level. Also, returning shows, The Flight Attendant. This was during my, when I realized I was a, I was a Coco Puff. It's starring Kaylee Cuoco, who people might know from The Big Bang Theory. And she plays a flight attendant who has a strong drinking problem. And then one day she goes out to one of her passengers and then she wakes up the next day hungover in bed with his dead body. And then obviously drama ensues, whatever, whatever you expect, like she doesn't know what happened. So, um, yeah, it was very fun. I really liked the first season. It was just fun. It was nice. It was like, you know, you just need like, like a breezy show to get through your weekend. I really like that. And it didn't take itself too seriously. It had fun telling its story. So I really like that. So season two drops on, I think it comes out weekly, starting on the 22nd of April as well. So one more show I want to talk about is Undone. Undone is another show that hasn't been on air since 2019. It's an animated show and it comes from the create, well, it's created by one of the writers on Bojack Horseman. And then the creator of Bojack Horseman is a producer on the show. And if you're a fan of how Bojack Horseman likes to put a mirror to how much of a terrible person you are through its characters, then you would like Undone because Undone is another show in which I have a friend who would just like screenshot a scene from Undone and be like, why is this show like reading me for filth? Why, why, why is it telling us like things like this? If you've watched Bojack, you know kind of how, how 
quote-unquote deep Bojack can get and how, like, piercing some of Bojack's statements and and character traits could be. And Undone is a bit like that. It, I would say that if you like Bojack Horseman, you should give Undone a chance, really, because I really enjoyed it as much as, as painful as it was to, to watch it tell me who I am. But it was still still a very good show, just like Bojack. Undone is animated. Yeah, it's an animated show. That's nice. And it has this kind of, like, cool, photorealistic kind of animation thing where the animated There's characters... someone called Tsunde. <laughs> yes. Um, played by... I think he's played by David Diggs. But yeah, like, so, like, the, the animated characters kind of look like the real people they are playing, which is always kind of cool for me. But Kirk is on that show, speaking of Better Call Saul. Um, again, that's on that show that I don't remember, which, I don't remember much that happened in terms of plots. I probably probably trying to find time to do a recap of that or something anyway guys that, I've, i think i mentioned like 15 shows so i think you should get at least one show to keep you till summer on that list um there's some i don't i won't mention any show that i don't like just so you can you can rest assured but there are some shows that i really really love on that list and someone I'm, I'm excited to see come back okay guys thank you very much for um listening to this episode i hope i've been able to recommend some shows for you guys to listen to go watch go find out and go watch um and again if you were undecided about watching the northman or on the fence go watch the northman right because it's a great it's a great movie in which Alex, alexander skarsgård kills people and it will be a uh, watch it just fine your taylor joy so that's fine <laughs> <laughs> okay no guys. comment on the fans of anya taylor joy in that film no comments <laughs> um obviously join me next week when I'm talking about Moon Knight episode 4 and yeah Moon Knight episode 4 and then obviously we'll resume our coverage of Better Call Saul and eventually Barry and of course we'll be joined by the great Daniel Kaluuya Ebuka what's up as we always say I will avenge you father I will save you mother I will, I will kill, kill you, you Fiona, Fiona. <laughs> <laughs>